when you like look back in hindsight, you're just like, I could really see God in all of these moments. Welcome to Dusty Sandals, where each week we chat with one person who's walked with Jesus and has a story to tell. This week we're chatting with Hubert Newen. Welcome, Hubert. Hello. Good to see you, mate. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. So you know, life is, is very fun right now. <laughs> yeah, mate. You, you were telling me before we started today that you've just bought a house. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got a fiance lined up. You know, life's humming along for you, mate. Yeah. I've got, I've got a few. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no a few yeah. fiancés? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, I think the Bible talks about poly- you know? <laughs> no, no. no, good to see you, mate. Um, we've brought you on because you're a person who has a story to tell about God. Um, yeah. You've, you've yeah. walked with him a little bit. Let's get right into it. Where did your story with Jesus really begin, if you think back? Um, like, there are a few different milestones. Um, I'll say in primary school, I, I went to a Catholic primary school. Oh, yeah. And with Catholicism, they obviously have a really similar belief system, if not quite sim- like the same in a way. But um, pretty much like learning the Bible and, you know, learning about God, um, it all stemmed from that. And that yeah. was like the start of my faith journey. Um, and I grew up in a Buddhist household. So like outside of that, um, I didn't really have any experience with God. Um, so primary school kind of set me up in terms of just general biblical foundation, like Hmm. pretty superficial, but you know, I learned about like Noah (laughs) and you know, like even Jonah and the whale and things like that. Okay. Yeah. All the Bible stories. Yeah. So, um, broadly that's where it started and then it blossomed in high school, I would say. Okay. At the end of year seven, um, And um, I was brought into church by my sister, who, she was on her own faith journey as well. Did she go to the Catholic school as well? Yeah, so we all went okay. to the same school, um, but, like, obviously, that was never a faith that we associated ourselves with. Yeah. Um, could be because of opportunity, whether it's to do with, you know, my family not believing in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Were they like a staunch sort of like straight down the line Buddhist, like you better not become a Christian here or was it nah, kind of more casual? No, nah, it was it was definitely more casual. Okay. And I think like religion's quite ritualistic when when it came to my family. Yep. It was just like we go to the temple and we just do things on specific dates. It's not like a, a, a deep lifestyle thing nah. or, yeah. Like we would have an altar in our household. Okay. Um, and you know, like we'd burn incense to like honor our ancestors and Do you like the smell of incense? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, yeah. I think they call it like joysticks and like you'd like put them in like this ash filled like container. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it right. like it doesn't bring good memories, but yeah. it was just a thing that we did. Okay. Yeah. So your sister becomes a Christian and then invites you to church, was it? Yeah, so like yeah. she she's she was studying to be a doctor. And, you know, with our family circumstances, which I might get into later, mm. um, she really needed something to change in her life. Yeah. Um, even though she was successful in her studies, she she was quite empty inside. Okay. So she, mm. um, her friend invited her to church 
And um, once she found God and, you know, went to church regularly, she wanted the same for us. Hmm. Um, when I say us, I mean um, my older brother, myself, and my younger brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so family of four kids, yeah. mum and a dad. Your mum and dad still together? No. So okay. during that time, they were already separated. Okay. So yeah. it was around when I was like maybe seven or eight years old. I, I, I honestly don't really remember. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. How did that happen with your with your mum and your dad separating? Um, it was it was quite a hard time because I think like when I reflect upon my childhood, I, I probably didn't know very much. Mm. And I think talking to my siblings as an adult, I I kind of gained more insight on the situation around it. Mm. Um I think my dad, he wasn't the most family centric person. Yeah. Um, like he didn't abuse us or anything, but I think he just didn't have his priorities straight. Was he kind of like the, my job is to work and earn the money and that's my fatherhood sort of done? Or? Honestly, I, I couldn't speak into that. It could mm. be. Okay. But I think, you know, he, he prioritized joy and fun in his life. So yeah, right. he'd go out drinking late at night and we didn't really have a dad at home. Mm. And, you know, like I talked to my, my sister and my brother recently and they were just saying, yeah, like he... We'll drive late at night to go pick him up. Like, and you know, like my mum would look for him in like the generic spots that he'll be in. Yeah. And like okay. we'll drive around at night trying to find him. Right. And yeah. I have no recollection of this. So it must have been when I was like one or two years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was quite dysfunctional already. So, yeah. like, mum with four children. Yeah. So then I suppose that escalated. Um, and like, my dad was still not around. Um, my mum, like, she became more involved in Buddhism as, I suppose, an outlet for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, she actually began to develop schizophrenia. Um, that, And it's, it's hard to say that Buddhism led to that and is attributed to that, mm. but it was definitely a factor to it because she was heavily involved spiritually with them. And I think that could have, you know, created trauma or um, something to happen where maybe spiritually something came over her and like did something to her. Um, But also, you know, both my parents are refugees from Vietnam. Right, okay. And... When did they come across? I think in late 70s, I reckon. Oh, So Hmm. my mum would have been late teens. So she was born in... 1960, and my dad was probably early 20s. Do they still have, like, the, the, the strong Viet accent when yes, you talk to her? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. My mum is a bit better spoken. She's, like, she she went to university here. Right. Yeah. So she's a graduate. Um, my dad, not so much. But he, he works with, like, you know, like, he has a very thick Vietnamese accent. Hmm. But, yeah. Like Can you do a Vietnamese function. accent <laughs> yourself? Like, do you have a, an impression that you could give us? Or are uh, we going to skip that little bit? Le, yeah. I, I can. But, you know, the, the, there's always, like, the generic, like, like a Samboldi, you know? Like, <laughs> a Samboldi. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen that guy on YouTube. <laughs> I think I know the guy you're talking yeah. about. So good. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, I, I, I would have done it when I was younger, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we won't embarrass you too much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, 
you've got you've got that dysfunctional family background, mm. as, as many people do. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a common story. You know, mum and dad don't get along. You know, they've got some issues. Um, it's it sounds like your sister finds God and finds a lot mm. of healing from that. What was your journey out of that and into uh, completeness into God, you know, what does that sort of look like? Yeah. So like my parents divorced and, you know, like my journey wasn't perfect either. Um, leading me here. Um, but yeah, when I was 13 ish, like end of year seven, Mm. I, that's when my sister brought us to church. And I think I made a decision that year to follow Jesus. Um, and my brothers did at the same time, with the youth group I'm currently at now. So where is this in... This is in Melbourne? Yep. Box Hill. Box Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Asian... An Asian hub. Asian yeah. central. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love Box Hill. Yeah. I, I go to a, a restaurant there um, called Veggie Bowl, I think is the name. All oh, right. Um, it's it's vegetarian fake meat and they do it real good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Asians are just good with, uh, yeah. with that sort of stuff. Innovative. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, my grandma... She, she like serves us that sometimes okay. like Asian fake meat, yep. but yeah, uh, like church, um, got saved in youth group. And then pretty much since then I've just been going to church, um, then started to get involved in church, serving like in the kids ministry, like kind of being a teacher there as well. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was like 14, 15 years old already. Wow. So like, I start you young at that yeah, church. Yeah. As in, I think. The great thing is they give opportunities to serve. Yeah. And I think it's just on you whether you want to be the person to take up the opportunity Mm. or not, you know. That's amazing to think of like a 14-year-old Hubert, you know, teaching a whole bunch of kids. You know, there's a bunch of little disciples around him and he's like the the mentor for them at a young age. Yeah. I actually believe strongly in that sort of, you know, start them young model. Mm. Of ministry yeah. and discipleship. Well, well, you think even about the disciples, like, you know, Jesus wasn't like, you go to Bible college for a few years yeah. <laughs> and yep. then you can be my disciple. Yep. But I think it's like, you know, like just get thrown into it. Because I, th- mm. like, um, I remember in primary school, one of my teachers was like, like one of the most profound ways to learn is by teaching. Mm. So I could say that's pretty true in my life where... I've been given opportunities to teach and, and I've actually grown a lot from that. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's, uh, w- am I right in saying that that might've been a little bit of a catalyst to your, your current career? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I uh, currently teaching in year five. Um, I, I would say that it could be like, I think like getting lead- leadership opportunities and service is like really like, empowering in that in that way yeah and i've always felt like you know i i could always impart wisdom upon people mm-hmm. <laughs> but i i remember very distinctly in primary school thinking about you know like what i wanted to do and i remember just saying to myself like like if i could just change one life um if i could impact someone's life my life would already be worth living mm. so nice. and and i attributed being able to support people and help change lives through teaching yeah. And that's something I've kind of carried yep. till now. Yeah, I reckon it's a great um, career for anyone to, to go through because you literally have a captive audience of sponges. Mm. You know, they're just, they're just yeah. dry and they're ready to absorb whatever you um, throw their way. 
and you can throw good things or bad things or something in between. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully, you're throwing good things. I think you are. I think <laughs> hopefully, you are. Hopefully. So you, at that young age, did you have a sense of your purpose? You know, you know, when you're first coming into Christianity at say 13 or whatever, did did you have an understanding of what God wanted you to do with your life at that point? Oh, like definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think God's plan for your life, it like it's there, but how you interpret that and how you discover that Mm. it's actually quite a long journey Um, and I think through all of that I think I've I've got a better idea now um, and I think I feel kind of in a way like privileged to to be able to tap into that and and see that for myself Mm. and see how that's unfolded thus far Um, and I'm pretty excited for the future and like where God would lead me Mm. but yeah like purpose and plan i think that that's brought me through the toughest of times yep. to be where i am now yeah and yeah. hopefully lead me to where god ultimately wants me to be mm-hmm. what are some of those tough times that you you're sort of thinking about as you're talking right there yeah so i think my mum uh she developed schizophrenia and and i think as a child you don't really understand the difficulties of that whether it's for yourself or for the person with it mm-hmm. and you know like i'm just a kid who's <laughs> living a life yeah. that you know like it seemed unfair to me but it's not really like i knew any better mm. or like you know like you just look at your friends and they have mum and dad at home and like your mum's not sick like their mum's not sick yeah so i think like naturally i was put in a tougher position than most yeah um maybe in the Western world, I'd say, mm. like I'd say in the, like Asia and there are a lot of like tough places worse than I could ever imagine, I reckon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like in Western society, I, I reckon my position was quite hard. Um, and you know, like coming from quite a like broken background, like I'd like anger issues, you know, mm. like I remember yelling like with like at my mom or my brothers, you know, like I, because um, my my older brother's three years older than me, right? Like he would just like physically dominate me, like yeah, naturally, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, hands down. Um, to get an advantage, <laughs> I remember just like like he would chase me. I'd run to the kitchen, grab a knife. <laughs> well, are we talking like a butter knife or oh, a... like a like a knife knife? Like no way. But wow, never with the intention to hurt him, but more of an intention to distance him from me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I think, like, naturally, we, we both are, like... Like, we, we were kind of, like... Like, we wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. But, you know, in, like, these circumstances, how possible is it to do the right thing all the time? Yep. Yeah. So, mm. like, to defend myself, I'll just get a knife out. He would back off. I would okay. have some space. Okay. We'd both calm down, put the knife away. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Was there ever a moment where you actually thought that you would stab him if he came toward you no no i i yeah. i i definitely wouldn't have right yeah okay. but you know like i'll definitely punch him as hard as i can yeah my punches weren't very good <laughs> I was gonna say, it doesn't sound like you would have done much to him nah um, nah and like we'll play fight and stuff and you know it's just like oh he wants to do something i want to do the exact same thing we both can't do it yep. so there's an argument mm-hmm. and you know my little brother would be in sorts of like those sorts of engagements as well but yeah, broadly, like, life was pretty tough. Um, so I think dealing with broken, like, a broken family, 
parent, my my mum's schizophrenia. It, it was like a, you know, just so much to deal with as a child. Yeah. And ultimately, as a result for me, I, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety mm. uh, when I was like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Um, I didn't really understand. Like, I remember being sad and stuff, but I didn't really understand like exactly what that implies and the implications mm. of those. And did it feel normal life. to you? Like, you didn't know any different, so you felt like you were just like anyone else, or you, did like, you not have a necessarily sense that you were different? Like, I would, like the biggest anxiety would be school for me. Okay. So I would struggle a lot to, like, just overcome it and just go to school. Right. And like, with anxiety, like you kind of perpetuate sorts of like thoughts in your own mind like um like what are other people thinking about you like oh mm. hubert hasn't been to school in like a day oh like i bet he's do-. and then you just like that just snowballs yeah. so it's like oh he hasn't uh, been for a week and then i th- start making up conversations of what they would be saying about me yep. when honestly no one's probably talking about me at all mm. it's like oh my good mate hubert's not there and that's probably the extent of it yeah you know okay um, and like, I had, I had a pretty good friendship group there. Like they would come visit me and tell me, I oh, like, they come. And I remember like really enjoying school, mm. but for some reason, like it just became such a big barrier. And my main, co- my main coping mechanism was gaming. So like, I'd be addicted to games and just typical teenage boy. You yep. literally like ignore your current life and like express it in a different manner, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you, you go through that and I, I look at you now. You, how old are you now? 25? Yeah, 25. You don't strike me as someone who is still in the depths of depression and anxiety. Mm, uh, yeah. Am I right? Is that the same on the inside? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So what, what's changed between now and then? How, does it, how have you come out of that? Well, I think, I think I always held on to purpose as a big reason to do things. Right. Um, and I was always kind of disappointed that like, like during those times, I, I couldn't overcome school, mm. but I never gave up. I think that was a really big part. Like, even though I was anxious and sad, I, I never let that define who I was as a, as a person, whether now or in 10 years, you know, okay. like, you mean in terms of like your marks at school, your performance or, um, like my performance was never bad. Yeah. It was like average, you know? Like, I remember in year 10, my teacher was like, you did better than half the class, but you weren't at school. <laughs> so, like, in the exam, he's like, nice. "Like, you know, like, you did a good job. You used mm. to be here, so then you would actually, like, do a lot better. Mm. Um, and so I never felt like I was less than or, like, I couldn't do it. Yep. It was more like with all these obstacles, I just had to just pull myself out of that mm. to really overcome it. Yep. And I think like, luckily I wasn't completely isolated. I had friends from church who would like, you know, and like mentors in church who would always check up on me and support me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really important. And you kept like, coming back to the church, the church mm. part. Like, was that kind of like a pivoting point for you where you look at before and after and you go, yeah, that, that was the moment it sort of started to change or or was it sort of church plus, you know, what was the mix of things that contributed to, to that? Change? Yeah. So I think church is like, it, it's, it set really solid foundation hmm. in my life. Like I gave me hope for the future. Yeah. 
And I think like, you know, you, when you, when you experience God and you are touched by him, like, like that's just something that you can't really leave in a way. Or, mm. And some people do, but I felt like so compelled to like, like give my life to God. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my drive. And mm-hmm. I think then I found purpose in that as well as, you know, like I felt God still wanted me to be a teacher. So I remember just persevering through and like after school, I went to Bible college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. What is a Bible college? Tell us. Uh, Bible college is where you just learn about the Bible, like theology and like whether, you know, you learn about like how to study the Old Testament, Mm. how to study the New Testament and like different features and like, like pastoring people and things like that. Like this was like, a long time ago. <laughs> so did you, really did you go somewhere and do yeah. this Bible college? Where was that? It was in Dandenong. Um, okay. That's in Melbourne. Yeah. It, yep. The Bible college was called Harvest Bible College. Right. Um, but it changed to Alpha Crucis now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that for a year and then I still wanted to like go to uni. Hmm. Uh, so I like tried to like go in through another way, but I still wanted to be a teacher. Um, so I did like a diploma in sport development. Hmm. After the diploma, I miraculously got offered a position in Deakin University to study teaching. Nice. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be primary school specific. So it was really good. Like, like they gave me that opportunity. And then four years later, yeah, like last year I, I managed to get, you know, a job. Yep. So then I've been teaching since then. Nice. Yeah. Um, so then I think in a way, what kind of really helped me was like finding a kind of purpose and a goal to hit. And I think like not letting my circumstances and like the difficulty, the difficulties I was in to define, um, my future. Yeah. 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 You mentioned before that, um, you had a sense that God was calling you to something Mm. to teaching or... Um, you know, just sharing with people and growing them. What is that actually like? You know, this sense that God is there and he's got this purpose. What does it feel like? What does it look like? How does it actually happen? Mm. Well, what it feels like to me is like, despite the circumstances around you, like like nothing can stand in the way of God and what, what like he wants this, to happen. Like it's a confidence thing? Like you yeah. just, you just, you're confident that God is going to overcome? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, like ultimately if I'm obedient to God, like not like perfect because I think we're all flawed and sinners, mm-hmm. right? But I think when we just have total faith in God that, you know, like if, if he's sovereign and like, you know, all powerful, all knowing, mm. um, like what he wants will happen. Yeah. And if I and if I steward the things that he's given me and kind of trust that I'm sure like God's plan will just carry through, mm-hmm. you know? Um and like I didn't know that God was going to like he wanted me to be a teacher, but yeah. that was a passion that I had and I think God like it might have been it, like could be a complete coincidence, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think like God uses you in like in whatever you are willing to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sort of finds those things in you that are that are 
that are good, that are strong. And he goes, yep, I'm going to use that and, and put it to use over here. And mm. yeah, 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 I see that a lot in, in my life as well. Have you ever heard God's voice? Not an audible ver- voice. Yeah, yeah. Not audibly, like, yeah. not like a Hubert. <laughs> this is God. <laughs> but more of like, um, like a very strong feeling. Like a, like, it's, it's like beyond my normal thought. Okay. So not, yeah. not the sort of strong feeling like, man, I really want a burger right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of those strong feelings as well. <laughs> so do I. Um, but what, it's more, yeah. it's, it's just like a really like, like for me, I, I kind of view it as this is, this isn't what I normally think of. This isn't, maybe I wouldn't agree with this <laughs> like then and there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I've told you this before where like m- my fiance now, uh, I was led or the like, God told me not audibly, but that I was going to marry her. Yep. Um, and this was, what's her name? Isabel. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this is, so this is three years before I started dating her. Yep. Yeah. And, and during that time, I, I wouldn't say hate. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Um, I disliked her highly. I highly disliked her. Was it like her face or her hair or did she have pimples? Um, or? No, no. It was yeah. more to do with the personality like we had a huge clash in personality. Gosh, man, I hope she's not listening to this right now. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> Let's all about not it. send her the link. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yeah. nah, she knows all about it, and yeah. and we've and like you know we 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 were at each other's throats in a way. Right. You know, like she like. What did she think of you at the same time? Did she also not? As in, she was like more frustrated that I was frustrated at her. She was more frustrated that you were frustrated, so she didn't like the fact that you didn't like her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there was nothing about me necessarily that was wronged her okay but it was like that i had an issue with her yeah, yeah. that's why she what had was it in, can you list a few things for us like what did this this well to give you some context like so to give you some context like if you guys have done the myers-briggs personality test yep I have. like i'm like an extrovert i'm sensing i'm a thinker and a judger okay she's the exact op- opposite in every so like, four yeah in every one of those four yeah yep complete opposite so naturally our brains go to opposite places yeah, when yeah. we approach things so it's not like that she's objectively this like dislikable person no no it's just she's different from you and yeah. and the friction was there yeah and like my strengths would be her weaknesses okay and her strengths would also be my strengths but <laughs> no <Nah>, object no <laughs> that's one thing that um we've talked about before and laughed about is the fact that if there's one thing that comes across through this part of your story it could be that god has this massive issue with pride that he needs to deal with with you <laughs> yeah because <laughs> no, i definitely understand that yeah no I, I actually do think that you're a humble person but <laughs> it, it comes across wrong at this point in the yeah, story yeah not continue to interrupt you <laughs> yeah i i definitely like pr- like we've 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 had many conversations about pride but um yeah that said so before the three years of when like, so God told me, and three years after we started dating, before that, you know, there was a lot of friction. Mm. And then God told me. And for me to have that thought of on my own was impossible for me. Like, I wouldn't have thought that I would want to nor marry, like, ever marry her. Yeah. Right? So it was already an impossible thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Then God told me, 
And then for the next three years, I was trying to push that away, like run the opposite way, ship air with one of my friends. <laughs> you know, like, you tried that, didn't you? You, yeah, had yeah. A, you had a mate that you... Yeah, kinda... so one of my best mates. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, you know, like maybe... maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you, you guys would be cool together. It <laughs> uh, didn't work. Yeah, but the, I realized the more I did that, the less I saw her the way God wanted me to see her. Mm. Um, and I and I realized that was the reality. It was like my preconceptions of her and the way I thought about her yeah. was actually so ungodly. Mm. You know, like like to think that one of his creations is like so annoying yeah, yeah. is like very <laughs> it's not loving at all so you know? so it sounds like it's the the story is shifting from um there's issues with this with this girl um mm-hmm. and, and it, all the problems that are on her end mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you're realizing actually maybe this is a, a heart issue with me that i mm-hmm. need to deal with yeah and you know i try to justify my position like all the time like like, like, like God probably didn't tell me to do this. He probably just said it just to like make me treat her nicer, <laughs> Okay. you know? And like, I, I tried to deny everything, but yeah, like ultimately when it, when push came to shove, like I, I had to kind of look at myself, you know, like the whole story about like, don't judge the speck in someone's eye mm. when you have a log in yours, yep. you know? Yep. And, and that's ultimately what happened. Like I, I realized actually she she is a pretty cool person mm-hmm. like a lot of like you know just because i don't agree with everything she does or like it's not like she did anything wrong it's just like her thought processes <laughs> were different to mine yeah yeah so i'm like actually i i actually see a really cool person yeah on the other end hmm. but i just needed to get rid of everything i thought i wanted in a partner firstly and kind of submit myself and humble myself to, to see her in a way that God saw her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's it been like, you know, since then? You guys have been together for how many years Yeah. It's been about two and a half now. Two and a half. What's it been like in that last couple and a half years um, in terms of like your growth and what you've learned about God, life, relationships, yourself? Has that been a big growth curve for you? Yeah, for sure. I think ultimately, like, if it was just one point that I could just emphasize it's just like i couldn't have imagined the good that could have come out of it right um i think like with dating a lot of the times like we're just like oh you know like we we make our own checklists about Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is ideal in our partner Uh but i realized everything that i thought would have been ideal would have actually ultimately like died sooner or later you know like Mm. oh you know thinks I'm funny <laughs> or okay, yeah. you know like super hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like super talented at this and this and this you know yeah, like, yeah. Um, you wanted like a circus monkey yeah maybe you know yeah, yeah. something that's like a dog <laughs> someone just uh, like <laughs> yeah. do exactly what I tell them to do yeah do yeah. tricks and, uh, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I'm not that kind of guy please <laughs> please <laughs> um, but yeah like I think I ultimately, like, like I think God's really shown me, like, actually, things that matter, you know? Like, mm. like firstly, both the directions in our life is heading in one direction now. Like, mm. we're not two separate people trying to live two separate lives together. 
How would you describe like the dynamic in your in your relationship as it stands these days? I think I think generally it's pretty united. I think we we and it's not a coincidence that I think both of our directions are quite similar. Okay. Um I think it's really ordained. Yeah. Um and I think we've learned to trust in each other's judgment mm. of things. Mm. And I think we both have different perspectives and it doesn't and and I think what's really sad is when we automatically think ours is better than the others. Mm. Um, but actually, you know, different perspectives have different insight yeah. on things. And I've learned to kind of like see her, like the things she says as a strength and see her as like, you know, someone who is valuable mm. yep. r- rather than annoying. Yeah. 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 That's a fundamental shift. Yeah. Um, mm. And that probably says a lot about um, the way that God wants you to go about relationships with other people as well. Mm. I mean, that's that's a, a huge learning, um, and I can definitely relate to that in my life. I think I'm a little bit further back on that learning curve than you are, but you know, God's God's even teaching me. I wanted to I wanted to know you've you've talked a bit about your relationship, uh, and and by the way, before we leave that topic, when are you um, looking to get married? Well, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I yeah, think that's affected things. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be December 22nd. 2020. Yes, okay. this year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I probably need to call the reception place <laughs> and probably <laughs> figure out another date. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how we go because I think ultimately, like, our relationship isn't just between us. Hmm. I think, like, how we you know go about our relationship is a reflection of god and mm. and and actually had a com- like a really you know personal conversation with her mum yesterday just about you know like cuz you know we we could always just sign papers and do everything else later yeah. you know like the rece- the ceremony reception yep. but i think ultimately we want to like still honor her parents honor her honor me mm. um and and ultimately honor like God in the decisions we make and and I was just kind of like like you know it doesn't really matter about your parents like like is it this like the longer we delay the longer it is for us to kind of get on with our future together mm, yep but actually I realized you know like I, I really need to honor her parents mm. um, in in every decision I make um, so yeah like I've decided, you know, like if they're not happy for us to sign papers and they really want to be there and um, her dad's in Malaysia right now. So, oh, right. so that's, that's a big yeah. reason why we would delay on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like no set plan now, but mm. I think ultimately we want to honor all parties involved. Um, you seem at peace with that decision. Yeah. It was probably a month ago since I deeply thought about it. Yeah. And it was a pretty controversial topic between Isabel and I. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like, obviously I just want to get married. Yep. Right? Like, there's nothing stopping me. Hmm. Like, there's nothing on my side, like my family, no reason for us to to slow down hmm. in that regard. Um, and then, like, she, it was actually Isabel who was like, oh, I, I really want my dad to be there. I'm like, that's, that's awesome that you want your dad to be there. Hmm. But, I don't feel like that's enough of a justification to like delay it 
our marriage by like a year or a year and a half or mm. however long this pandemic goes yeah, for. Yeah. Um, and like you know, like I was like it was it was it wasn't the greatest of endings, but I think we tried to, you know, progress and and Isabel did her own thinking and I did my own thinking and and I kind of I came away with it with you know like like actually this is just an opportunity for me to to work on you know some other things before we get married right you know like yeah. so that when we do get married we'll be ready and we'll be you know stronger and in a way we can honor god more in that time yeah yeah, yeah. cool yeah isn't and it's a unique time in your lives like you know ne- you'll never have this preparation period again you know once you're married you know it's a different you're stage yeah. yeah yeah i'm guessing that your experience of having gone from god literally telling you to marry someone that you did not think that you would ever marry yeah and then following that voice of god now seeing it develop um, into this amazing relationship that you've got mm-hmm. I'm guessing that gave you a lot of confidence in the fact that God is real and he's there and you can trust him. Yeah. Like, I think ultimately everything like happens um, for a reason. Like, I'm not saying God's like trying to kill everybody with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, like, um, he's led me this far. Um, And... You know, like if, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. Hmm. You know, like, like the whole process of getting a house was like stressful. (laughs) Like it was, it was not a good experience. Um, and I've, you know, like so many other things in my life where I could say that that's like just as true, Hmm. but in the end, like when you like look back in hindsight, you're just like, I could really see God in all of these moments mm. and, 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 you know, like sometimes we, we think like our problems are like too small for God to kind of like be involved in. Yeah. yeah. But every single time I'm like, I, I see God's hand in that. Like, mm. like how could this have happened? And like, so perfectly, even in such an imperfect situation. Okay. Yeah. Um, for for the good of me mm-hmm. you know like like i haven't had everything my way in life you know like i've got like pretty bad eczema you know like i remember you know like having like really bad asthma when i was a kid like i've i've been dealt with like the best hand in life i felt but um you know i i see all these moments and and like God just uses all these things just to like, you know, like he, he cares about me mm, and I yeah. like, we're, we're not called to have, you know, like perfect lives where we're in like mansions and like mm-hmm. have a slave or someone, you know, a <laughs> butler serving us hand and feet. Yeah. But yeah, I think ultimately I just, I, like when I, when I look back, I'm just like, I'm so grateful for everything that's happened. Mm. Like despite my mom being sick, despite my family, you know, like being torn apart in a way. Yeah. Despite everything I've gone through, I'm um, I'm ultimately like pretty um, grateful. Yeah. 
for everything. You ever had yeah. any doubts about God though? And like, especially in those challenging times, mm. you know, have you ever struggled with, wait, hang on, is God actually there? Is he actually real? Does yeah. he actually care about me? Or has it always been this sort of optimistic confidence that you have these days? Yeah. It has definitely been a really long journey of doubt. Um, you know, like I remember lying in bed like like so many nights just like you know, saying, Why me? You know, why me? Like with all these difficulties. Yeah. And you know, like like you're taught that there's this loving God and good God and and like you're you're going through all this pain and suffering. It's like like if you're God, like you can take it away. Mm. You know? Like you have the power to to remove it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't believe that's true. He he can, <laughs> like, mm. but he didn't. Um, you know whether it was like related to me being so itchy at night and like not being able to sleep and like being so exhausted that I couldn't go to school. Mm. Um, or you know like my parents and my mum, or just a whole bunch of things. It just sucks. Um, yeah, like in, you naturally doubt. Um. And I remember like going through long phases of like doubt in my life. Mm. Um, but I, what I shared with you earlier today was um, like in that questioning, in the, the in the doubt. Um, naturally, I I, I I doubt because I'm a skeptic. You know, mm. I, I I like to think of things logically. Yep. Um, and when there's like kind of like a gap in logic, that's where doubt will seep in, and and that's and that's not a bad thing. Mm. Um, so I questioned, I, I was like, you know, like how, and I remember I actually answered this question with my, with a group of like year six and year seven boys. I'm at my church last week. It's like, how can a, like, like why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. And, you know, like, and then we answered a question, um, you know, is God the one kind of bringing that suffering to people yeah. is he the cause of it yeah yeah um and ultimately like you know these questions are like faith making or faith breaking questions fundamental yeah yeah yep. so like i'm that kind of person that asks like really hard questions mm. and i remember like asking my mentors and things at church and and actually i think what really helped me during those times was they just didn't brush it off it's like oh it's a very hard question uh, you know, maybe Google it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> nah, like they, they didn't say that, okay. but mm. it was like, um, like they're willing to like have that conversation with me, take the time out of their day mm. to, you know, um, go through it with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think like, that's what's really helped me during those times to have people in my life who are willing to have a conversation with me about my, my faith or my lack of faith or mm. my wavering faith. Yep, yep. Yeah. Mm. One thing that's been um, popping into my mind throughout, you know, hearing your story here, is um, is the concept of God as Father. Okay. You know, when I when I when I heard you say earlier that um, your father was kind of like he was a sort of dude that you your mum and your siblings had to go searching for mm. around the streets or whatever. Mm. Man, that's extreme. Like I there are very few people who could say that they had an experience with their father that was, mm, I don't know, just like that. That's very unique. Yeah. Um, then you come into an experience with God 
And God's primary description in the Bible is that of a loving father Mm. who is there for his kids. He seeks out his kids even when they mess up. And he's ever present. He's ever loving. He's just wanting to be with the kids, right? Yeah. How has that kind of gone for you? You know, has, has your experience with your father impacted your journey with God and your impression of God as a father? Mm-hmm. Or is that kind of just, it's a separate thing for you and you can separate them? I, I think like the idea of fatherhood, like I've always had like a pretty, you know, like, like general, I'll, I'll say like a, a normal generic idea of what a father would should be like. Right, yeah. Um, you know, like watching TV and stuff, you just like build this like sort of, yeah, perception yeah. of what it should be mm. yeah and it was it was kind of difficult not having that and i resented my dad for a long time because yeah. of that um but in terms of god as father um yeah it was like like i just kind of put him into that sort of like perception that i had mm. where i'm like you know like what would i do if i was a father you know like i would i would want the best for my kid no matter what mm. you know like I'll punish him if he needs it, <laughs> you know, like, um, but also support him in growth, mm-hmm. like whether it's building them up in their values or physically, emotionally, socially, yeah, yeah. just all these different things. Like, what would I do? And I think like ultimately when I think about what it would be like to unconditionally love someone, like what does that look like? Mm-hmm. That's what I view God as. I'm like, yeah. like if, if I wouldn't want to hurt my child, why would God want to do that? Why would a more loving God, like, because I'm capped with my ability to love. Mm. But if God's like infinitely love, he is love, mm-hmm. then like, he, like if he loves me, that expression is even greater. Yeah. And that's you what know? Jesus always said. Like when he, when he came to earth, you know, Jesus' primary mission, I reckon, um, was to save us from our sins. But secondarily, um, he came to show us what God is actually like, not mm. what other people have have shown us that God is like. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I see in Jesus a lot. He was trying to correct the misperceptions that God um, was was being given among people. Mm. You know, like he talked about God being a good father. He talked about um, the fact that, you know, humanly speaking, we wouldn't give our, our child a scorpion if they asked for an egg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he says like, if a if a dodgy human father, a relatively dodgy human father, yeah. wouldn't do that, give a scorpion instead of an egg to their son, then your father in heaven, he like loves you way more and is and is actually perfect, unlike your your dodgy, relatively mm. dodgy human father. Yeah. Um. And and I think that that's that's a big thing that Jesus just tried to drive home time after time after time, is that people are prone to thinking. And associating God with their own human experiences. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, you managed to separate God as kind of like a, a different type of father than the mm. one that you'd experienced. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so fundamental, eh? Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think naturally for me, I, like, yeah, that, that perception that I had of like an ideal father, that I wish I had. You know, like, like, yeah, that, like, that, that kind of like helped me to, you know, think about what it would be like for me as a father. And like, actually a lot of, I'm, I'm a very like future focused guy. Right. Um, 
and and a part of me kind of pushing out of depression and anxiety was you know like vision of a better future and like i've always wanted to be like a father like just because of my experience was poor it didn't mean that i didn't want that for myself and i didn't want to like you know so yeah i've always like kind of associated like you know like what like i've always thought about what i would do as a father yeah yeah so i'm like yeah it it i think it set me up in a really good way i think i'm really glad that i didn't come out of like this the trauma that i went through with a really flawed vision or like picture of what a father should be yeah absolutely (laughs) it's been cool hearing your story you know, because you've gone from this place where dysfunctional family, anxiety, depression, you know, um, this contentious, angry attitude within your, um, your sort of sibling community there. And then God comes along and he's like, hey, mate, I'm your new father. I'm the good one. I love you. I'm here for yeah. you. And I've got a bright future for you. And, uh, you know, you're only 25 now. There's a, there's a lot more life to be, to be lived. And maybe we'll have to do this interview in 10 years time when, yeah. uh, you and your then wife, um, you know, have a couple of kids running mm. around and I can, I can only imagine that that experience will, will get much deeper as you become mm. a father yourself and, yeah. and a good father, hopefully at that. I reckon you'd be yeah. a good father. Hopefully. Hopefully. Half decent at least. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as God there, but yeah. Well, yeah. make do. Is there anything else you'd, you'd want to say to people before we um, kind of wrap up this, your story? Anything that you're just dying for people to know before we finish up? Um, I, I think like what my experience kind of teaches me and hopefully other people is that like despite like crappy times, you know, I, I think when you're tapped into such a God who loves you um, and, you know, like, like has a plan for you, um, like things will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we can only experience time in like, you know, one way, which is like then and there, you know, yeah, yeah. like God is different. He can see the past, the present, the future. Um, and, because God isn't like affected by time. Like God knows what's going to happen with you. Mm. And you know, he like, I, I believe God will intervene if things won't happen according to his plan. Yep. And I think I just trust that when we are his children, when we have chosen to be reborn, um, for him, um, yeah, he just, that, that, that plan, you know, will come to fruition if you like truly trust God. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good place to, to finish off for today. Hubert, thanks so much for being with us and, um, you know, for being legit and open and, and uh, vulnerable even with your story. Um, and we wish you all the best as you step into that um, future with your wife and <laughs> yeah. your kids and all those other things. Thanks. Thanks, Jack.